1: A beautiful afternoon here in the Irish Hills. Green flag
2: back in the air. Kyle Larson out in front. It's been a long time coming, but this one is going to be oh so sweet. Chase yeah! Woo! You did it, baby. Burn out of it to you, buddy. Battle boy. Kyle Larson with all the real estate he needs. He's on his way to victory
3: lane. Oh, dude, bring
4: it home, baby. Heck yeah, buddy. Burn that to the ground. Oh, yeah, good job, guys. Good job.
3: Hello and welcome to NASCAR America. Chris Devota in our NBC Charlotte studio, joined by driver Kyle Petty, crew chief slugger Labby. And guys, it is National Lazy Day. Yes, right So, I know, I'm not going to make either of them work it. just I mean yet. We're Don't here. go anywhere, though. Instead, though, we start with a quick look at what's coming up on a very busy show on this Thursday. Kyle Larson will join us shortly. Nobody more excited to get to Michigan than the guy who has won the last two cup races there in Brooklyn. We are also going to talk with another number 42 for chip ganassi racing the winner of last year's xfinity race at mid ohio justin marks he will be with us here in studio and the number 42 is not the only way larson and marks are connected plus we'll hear from 19 year old william byron yesterday announced that he'll be driving the number five chevrolet for hendrick motorsports starting next season now justin marks knows byron very well so there's another reason we're glad justin is on the show And Kevin Harvick is a great driver, right? Well, he also knows how to use his driver off the tee. With the PGA Championship in Charlotte this week, Kevin will talk about his passion for golf. So lots to get to, but we start in Michigan, about 80 miles from the racetrack in Brooklyn, in Detroit, at the global headquarters of General Motors, where earlier today Chevrolet unveiled the 2018 Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race car. Chevrolet will race the Camaro next season. The bowtie brand has used its SS model in NASCAR's top series since the 2013 season. The move is being made because the SS, which is produced in Australia, will no longer be produced after this year. Some of Chevy's top names in NASCAR attended the unveiling, and they had plenty to say.
5: The Camaro represents... The muscle car represents power, speed. It's going to make a great race car and uh, it'll fit seamlessly into uh, our sport. And I know the drivers are excited about a new model car for Chevrolet. They're excited
4: about what this car could provide to them on a performance stand, from a performance standpoint. A good move. You know, the, the car looks great. I think Chevrolet did their homework on it. Uh, Hendrick had a, a large involvement in, in the production of, of building the car and what it was going to look like, and I think that all turned out really good. So I'm excited about it. Um, it's something we can identify and see uh, looking at this car and then looking at what the car looks like on the street, which is awesome, and I think people appreciate that.
5: I've never raced a, uh, a Camaro, so I'm excited to get on the racetrack and, and being a Camaro next year, a first time in a long, long time for a Camaro to be on the racetrack. And it uh, looks amazing. I know it's going to perform very well.
3: Well, one of those Chevy drivers in Detroit today for the big announcement was Kyle Larson. He joins us now by phone from Michigan. Thanks for giving us some time, Kyle. You're a busy guy. Uh, Knoxville, Iowa, last night. Detroit today, I'm guessing, back to Iowa before Michigan. But let's start with your cup car. Uh, have you been salivating knowing Michigan was coming up on the calendar?
4: <laughs> the, way, the way our last month has gone, yes. I've been really looking forward to getting to Michigan. Um, we've been struggling a little bit. Um, fast cars at times but a little bit of bad luck as well so hopefully we can come here to Michigan where I've won the last two times we've been here and, and kind of turn that you know luck or momentum around and get back on to, to the good finishes that we had uh, to start.
2: When you look over the, uh, the last month and you talk about the bad luck and stuff where did you guys get off a little bit I mean it was Martin Truex and the Kyle Larson show uh, for the first 10 or 12 races. And as you say, you guys have just missed it a little bit. Where do you think, what do you think has happened?
4: Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, we got in trouble at um, Kentucky and, you know, I was nervous about that. But then we came back the next week at Loudon and ran second. So I was, I was happy. And then it seems like since then, um, I, I just don't have the balance that I need. and um, you know, Indy, we were Indy. We were actually probably okay. I felt mm-hmm. like we had the speed in our car to run top five, uh, but then I got a lot of damage when Jimmy and I got together uh, down the back stretch, and then that kind of hurt the speed in our car. And then ultimately, uh, just got ourselves behind and then into trouble, and, and ultimately crashing. And then Pocono, we were act- we were also really good there. I felt like we were the, probably the third or fourth best car and uh, broke a drive shaft. So, you know, I say that we've lost a little bit of speed, but, um, you know, we we still have cars capable of winning. Um, just, I guess, ran into a little bit of, of bad luck more than anything, but uh, a lot of times you make your own luck, too.
2: Yeah. You, you guys are in Michigan right now. Um, you've j- They've just unveiled the 2018 uh, Chevy. Uh, but I want to go back to this year. Uh, Brad Keselowski has talked a lot uh, about the the perceived advantage of the Toyotas. Uh, and we see Kyle Busch step into that role now where it's Kyle Busch and, and Martin Truex, the two Toyotas have been the strongest. What do those guys have from from your perspective, watching those cars on the racetrack that maybe you guys in the Chevy camp or Ford camp don't have?
4: Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a big car guy, so I don't know exactly what, what it would be. And I don't really think anybody knows what it is that makes them so much faster. Um, other than probably the, the Joe Gibbs teams, they probably know what they got that everybody else doesn't. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, they, they came out with their new their new style car this year and seemed to uh, start off the season a little slow. But I think once they figured that out, you know, now they're back to being kind of how they were last season and, and dominating all the time. But, um, you know, our, our team is still right there. And we continue to work hard. Um, you know, everybody at our shop's really excited about the car we're bringing uh, to Michigan this weekend. Uh, I guess they've learned some things and, and feel like we've gotten a better car now. So I'm excited to get on track tomorrow. But uh, yeah, you know, I think I think when when you get beat, it uh, it makes you continue to work really hard. You know, when, and not that we weren't working hard in the beginning of the season, but it's uh, probably hard to tell yourself to keep trying to to develop when you are so fast, but um, I think now we're to a point where the Toyota cars have definitely found speed, and and we got to figure out what we need to do now to get uh, back on their level.
3: Kyle, I mentioned Iowa at the start of this interview. The Knoxville Nationals, the greatest show on dirt. You own a team, ironically, with Justin Marks, who is joining us later in the show, but you are also driving one last night, meaning you're eligible, right, to run Saturday. Will you be able to?
4: (laughs) I hope so. Um, I've been talking to Chip a little bit about it, and um i'd say there's a, a a little hope which is good but uh you know i, I uh would love to be there but you know i honestly honestly um well i i know that you know my priorities are here and, and i feel like we've got a great shot at winning the championship this year so i gotta you know stay focused on that but i also feel like i've never been as good as i am right now in a sprint car and this is the biggest race in, in sprint car racing and i feel like i have a shot at winning that so It would be nice if they could uh, allow me to, um, you know, race this weekend, but uh, we just got to wait and see.
2: All right, now the most pressing question. Um, After spending some time in California with you guys, where are your parents going to be? Are they going to be in Michigan? (laughs) Are they going to be in Knoxville watching?
4: (laughs) They will definitely be in Knoxville. I'm sure you've learned. You've learned my my parents after coming out and and hanging with us for a couple days that that they are uh, big dirt track fans.
3: Well, and what Kyle and Kyle are talking about is racing roots. And on Sunday, following our post-race coverage, we have another installment of that show. And this one is all about Kyle Larson. Kyle Petty, Rutledge Wood, visited with you after your win at Fontana earlier in the year. Let's go ahead and give the fans a little sneak peek.
6: As he comes to the checkered flag,
0: Kyle Larson's going to win.
3: Can you give me thumbs up?
0: I built him a couple
7: of little carts, you know, like at four years old. And uh, a few races into that. And I told her,
2: he's way better than the car. Where was the racing the hardest, on Friday or Saturday, or when you got here? Probably here. We've had some damn good fun here. <laughs> a lot of
7: people said we had weight advantage because he was so small, but he had to bolt that on. He
4: was driving the sports division. I think that weight was like 475.
2: So that's what they call the fat kid now. This is mm-hmm. going to be exciting. Awesome. <laughs> this thing is freaking wicked. The 24-year-old driver from Elmore.
1: Be headed to Victory
3: Lane. That looks like a lot of fun. We can't wait to tune in, Kyle.
4: Yeah, me too. I had, I had fun getting to hang out with Kyle and Rutledge there. Uh, you know, I can only hear the, the audio there, but you know, I, f- I remember Kyle getting in the, the outlaw cart there at Cyclan, and, and he did a good <laughs> job. He did a little bit better than I, in, I expected him to.
2: FOR A FAT KID, I DID ALL RIGHT. YOU GOT TO ADMIT IT, MAN.
4: FOR A PAVEMENT GUY, YOU DID ALL RIGHT. ALL RIGHT. THANK YOU, MAN. I APPRECIATE THAT. I'LL TAKE THAT AS A COMPLIMENT. WELL,
3: THANK YOU VERY MUCH. WE LOOK FORWARD TO SEEING THAT, KYLE. AND, OF COURSE, WATCHING YOU THIS WEEKEND AT MICHIGAN. BEST OF LUCK. YEAH, THANK YOU, GUYS. No question Kyle Larson has passed a ton of cars in recent weeks but has also slipped a bit in the standings. He sits fourth in the Monster Energy Series playoff rankings with 13 playoff points. On Sunday he'll look to end his current slump by winning his third in a row at Michigan. It's weird to say slump because there are some drivers who would love to (laughs) have that but slugger in that interview he talked about balance balance was the word he said when Kyle asked him kind of where they've they've sort of lost it as a crew chief and knowing what they have how difficult is that to 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 get it back
6: well it's not easy you know obviously they lost something after Kentucky going to the tech center uh, the room of doom as I told Parker the other night and you know every time you go to the tech center they typically take something away they don't give you anything so uh, obviously the team knew what they had and you heard Kyle say they've been working hard at it so I'm sure they tried to get back to the level of what they were after Kentucky so I feel confident that team will be where they need to be at Michigan. It's one of his best tracks and I think they'll get back where they need to be
2: and and I think you know in the interview he he talked about things that had happened to the team mistakes that he had made yeah. uh, he and Jimmy Johnson got together a- at Indy that slowed his car down that hurt him had a drive shaft come out at, at Pocono man I've not yeah. seen a drive shaft For years. come out of a car in yeah. forever that right. was yeah. that was wicked yeah. Dale Jarrett and I just cringed uh, sitting in the truck watch so they've had some issues But like Slugger said, obviously they lost something, but they knew where they were. Now they fought to get back to that, and we heard Kyle say they found some stuff, so he believes that they brought the car back to where it was. Now, the trick is <laughs> to get his car back to where it was, have the Toyota step to another that's right. place. That's what always happens. When you get behind, it's tough to get caught up because the guy you're chasing, he's yeah. still moving while you're just trying to get back to where you were. So it'll be interesting to see Michigan how they run in Michigan. Yes. yes, sir.
3: Okay, and it's why that's sort of the, the benchmark, if you will, for the. Well, he's that won the last team. two races. Yeah. Led,
6: to, led 96 yeah. laps last time there. It was uh, finishing in the top three of both stages. He's got it going on in Michigan. That team had it going on. Will they be back to where they were? I think his race fans
2: all want him to be.
3: Yeah, there yeah. you see a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it picked up his first win. You know, last year, yeah. this
2: race, that was that <laughs> he, was a game changer That for him. was a game changer for him. But he is the benchmark at Michigan. I mean, he's the guy that everybody's going to be shooting at. And, and you know, uh, last year when he won that race uh, and he won his first race up there, I, I think it was like, When's Kyle Larson going to win? When's Kyle Larson going to win? We saw him get out, driven at a couple of racetracks. We saw bad luck bite him at a couple of racetracks. And all of a sudden, they break through, and you think, okay, now it's happening. Then we start this year, and yes, it did happen. Kyle Larson is a factor. Every race we go to for the first half of the year. But this last month, and being in the playoffs, working towards the playoffs, it makes you question a little bit where they're at and as the Toyotas move up.
3: Yeah, and even looking at these numbers, Slugger, you kind of see it's it's kind of strange to see. I mean, we say slump, but, yeah, the, the numbers sort of show it.
6: Well, the sport goes in cycles, right? Maybe it's a good thing now he's getting all his bad luck out of yeah. the way, right? Sure. We've seen Chase Haley go through it. So maybe he's the bad luck's behind him. We'll start in Michigan, lead up to the playoffs. It might be what this team needs. Yeah.
3: Uh, we saw that the Chevy unveiling too of uh, the Camaro so uh, what do you think about that it seems like Jimmy's really excited uh, to race a William Camaro.
6: Byron's got a new ride a new car he's, he's <laughs> one that played it just right yeah. so yeah it's a awesome looking race car I know Hendrick Motorsports uh, like Chase had had a huge involvement in making that car and it took up almost a year to design that yeah. you know NASCAR has a real stringent policy of how this car gets approved a lot of parameters they got to meet in the wind tunnel as far as balance downforce numbers and most teams typically when they submit a car don't make it the first time yeah. you don't want to make it the first time so they probably had to go to the wind tunnel six or seven times to fit the parameter of NASCAR's model and uh, it's an awesome looking race car uh, and it's going to be what they need you know obviously Chevrolet is not where they need to be right now so this might be the boost that they need but after Homestead every current Chevrolet car yeah. is obsolete mm. and onto the new body so it's yeah. something they need
2: and I, I'm like Jimmy and, and the piece the, the, the comments from Jimmy and Junior and those guys It's good to see Camaro, that nameplate. I mean, I I go back to the Monte Carlo and then to the Lumina. I mean, you've been through the SS. You've been through so many different cycles. This is a muscle car. When I think muscle cars, I think Challengers. uh, I think the Dodge Charger. I think the Camaro and the Mustang, cars like that. So it's good to see Chevy bring this nameplate. Uh, into the Cup Series.
3: Yeah, some really cool branding for, for car guys out there, yes. for sure. And yes. gals. Don't want to leave I on. <laughs> That's out. right. I know. It's, it's not an El Camino, but it'll be all right.
2: Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Someday, man. Yeah, I know. Someday. Right.
3: Coming up, William Byron nearly won the Truck Series championship. He did claim Rookie of the Year and is currently an Xfinity Series title contender. And you can now add a Cup Series ride to his resume. Not bad for a teenager. We will hear from William Byron, who has to be pinching himself next on NASCAR America.
0: NASCAR AMERICA IS BROUGHT TO YOU BY NEW MOBILE ONE ANNUAL PROTECTION, PROVEN PROTECTION FOR ONE FULL YEAR.
3: THE VERIZON INDYCAR SERIES IS ON NBCSN. WITH FOUR RACES LEFT, INDYCAR'S BEST FACE THREE TOUGH TURNS AND ONE BIG CHALLENGE. IT'S THE POCONO INDYCAR 500, SUNDAY, AUGUST 20TH ON NBCSN. On Wednesday, 19-year-old William Byron officially became the fourth driver in the Hendrick Motorsports lineup for the 2018 season. He's replacing Casey Kane, who's been the driver of the five car for six seasons and won the Brickyard 400 three weeks ago. After the announcement, Byron spent some time with our Marty Snyder.
1: What a big day for William Byron and everyone here at Hendrick Motorsports. And it's got to be a little surreal to you that you're about a mile from Charlotte Motor Speedway where you are running Legends cars. And now here you are, a Cup Series driver for Hendrick Motorsports. Is, is it surreal to you?
5: Yeah, it's definitely surreal. It's uh, it's really incredible to, to see. Uh, What this area has done for me and and to kind of grow up here in the Charlotte area and always know Hendrick Motorsports and always kind of look forward to to uh, maybe being a part of it someday. So uh, it's definitely a surreal experience for me and just really excited for next year and uh, ready to ready to to go. All
1: right. So how quickly did this come together? Because I, I think even a couple of months ago, you really didn't know where things were headed for next year.
5: Yeah, I had no idea. I really just, uh, when Mr. H and I met uh, on Sunday, actually, I was just thinking we were talking about uh, the year so far and maybe what next year would bring as far as Xfinity Series and and what we're going to do there. So uh, it's been incredible to kind of see in the last few days how everything's developed. But, um, you know, really I've just been enjoying what I've been doing with JRM. And I think we have big goals for the rest of this year uh, on the Xfinity side, and hopefully we can accomplish those.
1: What did he say to you in the Sunday meeting that that he said made him want to put you in the cup car?
5: I think he, he really just asked if I was ready, and uh, and I, I said yes. And I think that, uh, yes, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be more competition, um, and it is very cutthroat. It's the cup series. so. But I think I'm ready for that challenge, and I think with the rest of this year ahead of me, um, I can prepare and, and, um, and be best fit for it. So what
1: will, I mean, obviously you're going to be focused on the Xfinity series championship. What's the rest of your role look like for this year? And, and people may not know you spent a lot of time in the simulator yeah. working on cup cars. So what will the rest of this year look like for you?
5: You know, I think the rest of this year for me is just, um, I'll be working in the simulator with the guys. And I think that's going to be the best, uh, I guess, training for how, how the cars are going to drive, but really for us, uh, still focused at JRM. uh, kind of the day-to-day operations of um, debriefs and everything with my crew chief Dave Um, those guys are excited for me and um, I really like my team that I've got there Um, so I feel like we're going to have a good opportunity to go out there and and compete for a championship and um, really I'm just going to try and keep uh, the perspective of this year and Mm -hmm. also try and learn from the guys over here at Hendrick Motorsports. Obviously
1: one of those guys is going to be Jimmy Johnson how much have you talked to him about this move and and what to expect from him as a leader next year?
5: Yeah, really with Jimmy, uh, he's kind of my idol. So it's, uh, it's going to be neat having him as the veteran guy at Hendrick Motorsports and, and also learning from Jeff Gordon and, uh, and Dale Jr. as well. So I feel like with those guys, they've always been there to support me so far. And hopefully moving forward to next year, I can uh, lean on them more. How will this place look next year with three drivers under the age of 25, vastly different
1: than what it's looked like the last several years here?
5: It's going to be different. I think it's going to be uh, a lot of young guys, a lot of exuberance, a lot of willingness to, to work and win races. And I feel like, you know, this place, we have so many resources here. And um, that's what Jimmy and I talked about over the phone. And, um, you know, you really can go out there and get it for yourself. So um, I'm really excited to, to drive the five car. It sounds, sounds crazy, but uh, <laughs> I think um, I'm just excited to see all the young guys here. And, and hopefully we can keep the program growing.
1: All right. So you got a big-time Cup deal. Are you still going to go to school? Are you still going to be, be a student at Liberty? What's going to happen next year?
5: Yeah, that's that's the plan. That's part of right. a part of this. And um, you know, Mr. Hendrick has um, really given me a great platform to succeed. And uh, but yeah, I'm still going to school and still going to uh, try to make that work. I'm pretty
1: sure the only full-time Cup driver who will still be in college, William Byron, looking forward to next year.
3: Talk about the. Coolest kid in class. Hendrick Motorsports heading in a youthful direction. Of course, seven time champ Jimmy Johnson remains the flag bearer for the organization. However, his three teammates next year will have an average age of 22 years old. That's hard to even say. (laughs) So, guys, Jimmy is a parent to two little girls. In a way, next year he's going to parent three young men, I guess, too. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
2: definitely. And and, and that's a lot of responsibility for Jimmy. And and, and I'm going to, let's be honest. Um, you know, Jimmy came into a situation where Jeff Gordon was the old man. Yeah. You know, Jeff Gordon was the guy, and Jeff took Jimmy, and Jeff took that organization. And, and I've always said it, that, that Jeff Gordon is, is, that's the house that Jeff built. The Hendrick organization is the house that Jeff Gordon built. Jimmy has added on to that by leaps yeah. and bounds, let's say. But he has to pass that on, pass that knowledge on. I think Jimmy's done a great job stepping into that leadership role over there. I really do, with, with where Hendrick is and what it's done. Uh, but now he's taking these guys and, and the, the one thing that we talk about, you talk about age, but you look at, uh, Alex, um, and chase those guys have only run 144 cup races period, combined, Mm -hmm. okay? And you put a big zero over there with with William Byron. That's right. I mean, that's a lot of responsibility on Jimmy Johnson to guide these guys. Well,
6: with that being said, Jimmy can't be there all the time. Yes. So, for me, the big question is, who's going to be the crew chief? Yeah. Are they going to keep Keith Rodden there, or are they going to bring up the farm team from Dale Jr. Motorsports Kevin Meandering, uh, and Dave Ellens, the current crew chief, are they going to go to the bullpen? That's, that's the thing is because Jimmy can't be there all the yeah. time. They need a solid leader. Behind every good driver, as you know, yes, is a
2: good team. And that, No, you're exactly right. And we, we had this conversation yesterday mm-hmm. with Joey Logano. Um, Joey Logano, they plugged in a young guy, just like mm-hmm. William Byron. Uh, they plugged in a young guy into Tony Stewart's team. That was Tony Stewart's team. Yep. They just put Joey Logano in there. That's right. If they build a team around William Byron, and they built they have built a team around Chase Elliott and if they build mm-hmm. a team around Alex Bowman that are their teams and those guys believe in those drivers this is not junior's team this That's is right. not casey's team this is their team right. and the crew chief has that responsibility That's right to 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 lead that team and to say this is your team this is our team we're going to do something
3: and gosh you know what yeah. that's like you know to sort of be yeah. that veteran crew chief sure. who has maybe a younger driver that's that's a lot of responsibility well, I too I just went
2: through that with Austin yeah. you know you're yeah.
6: still bringing up through the ranks yeah. and you have to, the biggest thing is to make sure whoever the leader is to make sure everybody lines up behind yes. william you know, we saw jeff gordon his rookie year he wrecked a lot of cars yeah. but ray everham kept everybody plugged in and, believe and in. yep and you got to believe in the driver if you don't it won't work so whoever's in that spot needs to be the right guy that believes in William because he's the future of Hendrick Motorsports. Yeah, crew
3: chief, engineer, signal caller, but also a little bit of a psychologist and a cheerleader at the the same time. Well, no question, Chase Elliott is looking for some redemption this weekend. We're going to talk about that coming up. But first, last year, Justin Marks earned his first Xfinity Series win at Mid-Ohio. Marks is back for seconds in 2017. Can the California native reach the summit again? Justin stops by the studio to talk about his climb on the track and then some. And the NASCAR Xfinity Series races on the road course at Mid-Ohio, Saturday at 3.30 Eastern on NBCSN. Then Sunday, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series is at Michigan International Speedway, Sunday, 3 Eastern, also on NBCSN. And speaking of Mid-Ohio...
6: He makes the left-hand turn through, turn 13, and Justin Marks is going to win at Mid-Ohio!
4: Much. Woo-hoo. Thank you. Hey guys, congratulations! You guys did this kid, the modern off pit road. Now make sure you keep your radios dry.
3: I imagine watching that for Justin never gets old. We now welcome cool. the driver of the number 42 Xfinity Series Chevrolet for Chip Ganassi Racing, last year's Mid Ohio winner. Justin Marks, thank you for coming in, and not to take anything away from like a Kyle Bush or Jimmy Johnson win, but when they come in multiples, you have to imagine the images probably start to sort of all run together. What images for you stand out when you watch that back from that day?
8: Uh, it was just a great day. I mean, honestly, it was a culmination of a dream that started 25 years before that day. It was, you know, my, my, my first heroes in racing were NASCAR drivers, I mean I grew up going to races in the Midwest, and, and Father took me to Daytona 500. I got everybody's autograph, and it was just kind of that, and then my whole career you know, look at it, look at those images right there. It was it was just such a special day for our team. It was a race that played right into my wheelhouse, my experience. And you know, as, as you guys know, I mean, it's it's one thing to be fast, but things have to really go your way during a race, and, and it did for us that day. It was just a great day.
2: How, you know, it, I I'm just going to ask this because I never had to do this for one time. How tough is it mm. in the rain? I mean, how, what did that add? We we talk about how hard it is to win at this level, but in the rain?
8: Yeah, it's a whole different animal, it really is. I mean, it, it takes a lot of patience, a lot of restraint, honestly, yeah. more than anything, because you can't drive hard in the rain, you have to be very methodical about your approach, you have to be very precise, um, and you have to be studying all the time, because in the rain, the track changes um, so much during during a race, so yeah. it'll rain heavy for a couple minutes, it'll get light, maybe it'll start to dry out, the rain will come back, so really, every lap, the conditions are a little bit different, so you always have to be studying it, you gotta be remembering where the grip is, and uh, honestly, I mean, I feel like we won that race because I ran, you know, 90% all day, never made any mistakes. When I found the grip, I committed to it and um, just had to, you know, get good restarts and hold the field off at the end.
3: People may not realize you do a lot. You're not just a racer, but you're an entrepreneur. Um, You're a part owner, investor within uh, the GoPro Motorsports Complex that a lot of the folks go and race at. Um, So there's a lot going on in your world, but you also own a team that that William Byron used to race for. So you know him very well.
8: It's it's really, really, (laughs) I do. It's really special watching his progression. I mean, you know, he's such an unassuming kid. I mean, he, he really is, is um, he's not a huge personality, but when you look at his statistics and you look at what he's managed to do in the race car in the last four or five years, it's unprecedented. It, it's almost like nothing we've ever seen. I mean, the kid has not spent more than one year in a series during an <laughs> yeah. any, any step of the ladder. And he won a bunch of races for us in the K&N series for Harry Scott and I, and then obviously graduated the truck series, and he had basically the most successful season anybody's rookie season anybody's had yeah. and then you see what he's doing now in, in the Xfinity series and then Monster Energy Cup next year I mean statistically the kid is doing something pretty unprecedented I could not be more happy for him because he's a great kid comes from a great family is very very dedicated to it I know he
2: appreciates the opportunity he's got with Hendrick when you look at that as a driver and, and st- not spending m- much time um, and you talk about road racing being your background and stuff has that been, do you think that's the way that we're going to see drivers come in the future, not spending a lot of time in one area so they don't learn bad habits?
8: Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, one of the things you're seeing, I think not just in racing, but in a lot of sports these days is that these kids are, are almost pro-ready younger and younger because at a young age, their sport is such a big part of their life. Yeah. And I mean, you know, William just, I mean, obviously he goes to school and he's, and he's you know, dedicated to that. But he can live and breathe racing, and he can be a real student. And a guy like William doesn't spend a lot of time doing any but school and focused on his racing. And when you can dedicate that much bandwidth, when you can dedicate that many hours in your day to something, especially when you have people like Junior Motorsports and Hendrick and everybody he's got around him, KBM last year, um, you know, it's it's amazing what um, what you can accomplish at a young age. I think it's
2: going to set a trend for sure. Yeah, he goes to school and races because he's not old enough to date. That's a whole other (laughs) issue.
3: How did did winning that race last year? Feel another passion of yours, because
8: this is really cool. Yes. Yeah. So, so growing up, there were really two two things that I was very very passionate about at a young age. One was motorsports, and one was mountain climbing. So I went to um, uh, the debut in, in Northern California of the IMAX Everest film back like in 1997, I believe it was, and that that changed my life. And I and I met some some high altitude mountaineers and. And I basically started down the path of both of those. But when I got to high school and I had to focus on one, I chose racing. And after some climbing and, and everything, I sort of turned my back on it and, and focused yeah. on racing. Well, fast forward, you know, 20 ish years, and I went in the NASCAR race at Mid Ohio. And I started thinking really quickly, you know, I, I had two passions as a kid. I've gotten one of them out of the way, I've won one, one two NASCAR dreams. race. Yeah, two dreams. And, um, Two dreams, right? And and how cool would it be to to start pursuing the other one? And and you know, mountaineering is is a is a sport or um, a passion that people can do for a long time in their lives. So I mean, I've I've got a number of years of of strong climbing in front of me. So um, with me being racing just just part time, I uh, I just started basically a year ago, um, putting the wheels in motion to to make my journey towards Mount Everest. And hopefully, we'll get there in the next uh, 24 to 36 months and stand on top of the world.
2: Now this is a selfie, and how, how, how high? Where is, are you at here with this? Yeah,
8: so this is on a volcano in Ecuador called Cayambe. This is about eighteen and a half thousand feet. We had to turn around this day because the winds were, were very high, and we were only about four hundred feet from the summit right here. But but none of the teams on the mountain were able to summit that day, so we turned around, and, and I wanted to capture the moment because because obviously it was it was sort of the highest in altitude I've ever i would ever been. Um, Took some video up there. It was uh, it was an incredible experience. My first experience technically doing some technical climbing at a real high altitude. Um, got home from that trip and and it was it was on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so now you're, you're so you're planning on Everest. How long does when you say I'm going to go climb my Everest and you say it today? How long?
8: Yeah. So we were talking about this uh, before. You know, it, it has to be a very methodical approach. So what you do is you you really have to you have to get experience with ropes and with climbing and with anchors and belaying and everything, all the technical elements of it, um, very methodically and as a part of a, of a long-term program. Yeah. And then you have to start stepping up in altitude altitude, at, at, at little tiny increments because if you go too high too fast and you don't know how your body uh, reacts to that, then you can get yourself in trouble. So, you know, we, I got to, you know, just under 19,000 feet in Ecuador. In January, I'll be going to South America to uh, to make an attempt on Aconcagua, which is the highest mountain in the Western Hemisphere at just under 23,000. So pounds. that's next.
3: That's the next that's part next. of the training. Yeah. Okay. And then if
8: my body does well there and the physiology is good, I have a strong summit day and, and feel good and recover well, then, then it'll be time to, to essentially turn turn the sights towards the Himalayas. So, you know, it's a it's a methodical approach. It's a multi-mountain international yeah. approach. And if you really focus hard on your training and get good people around you, it's probably a four or five year program.
2: Wow.
3: Wow, that is incredible. Yeah, that's and crazy. Inc- Your wife, Erin.
8: Yeah, that's Woo. cool, man. That And the
3: girls. Really so cool. Are the girls like my daddy is awesome? Olivia and
8: Presley? Uh, yeah, I worked, we're talking about mountains and we're talking about <laughs> racing, but it's still very new to them. A 4 years yeah. old and a one-year-old, mm-hmm. it's, it's. Um, but I mean, you know, a big part of this is, is you know, is setting an example for, for my children that, you know, really anything in this world is possible if you set your mind to it. I don't consider myself a world-class race car driver. I don't consider myself a world-class endurance athlete, but I'm just trying to show my kids that if you focus on something, you work hard on it, you surround yourself with the right people, you can do it whatever you whatever you want wow, that's well, cool man i know it's awesome really
3: cool. best of luck to you and all of yeah. that and especially this weekend yeah yeah i'm excited yeah, 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 good excited luck, excited, man.
8: excited to be back with chip ganassi and Katera and and uh, hopefully
2: go and room
3: that's very cool our thanks to justin marks for coming and giving us a little time and making kyle and i officially feel lazy on yes national it is lazy national day. lazy
2: day ladies and gentlemen not
3: for this guy <laughs> that's for sure coming up a lot of nascar drivers like to golf in their downtime just ask dale jarrett but uh, kevin harvick takes it to a whole new level up next We will show you how Harvick has extended his brand into the world of professional golf and how he recreated one of the most iconic holes in his own backyard.
0: NASCAR America is brought to you by New Mobile One Annual Protection, proven protection for one full year.
3: Okay, time to reveal this week's nominees for the NBC pit crew all-stars. We start with Andrea Mueller, the lead engineer at Wood Brothers Racing. Before coming to the world of NASCAR back in 2007, the graduate of Cal Poly previously worked on engine projects for the NASA space program. That is amazing. Josh Leslie is the front tire changer for the number 18 car at Joe Gibbs Racing. Leslie's uncle Tracy won the ARCA title back in 1988. Josh is a champion himself. He was part of Kyle Busch's championship pit crew in 2015. Keeping things on the front end of the car, Hunter Masling, the front tire changer for Brad Kozlowski in the Cup Series, the native of Mooresville, has always had a passion for racing. He joined Team Penske back in 2011, was elevated to Brad's Cup Crew in 2014. So one more look at the nominees, Andrea Mueller, Josh Leslie, and Hunter Masling. They are the top choices for this week. We will reveal this year's final team of pit crew all-stars in November during championship weekend at Miami. Well, Charlotte, North Carolina is rocking this week yes, because they are. last night the Panthers opened up their preseason. Today, the PGA Championship got underway here in Charlotte, you know, the Queen City of course. Its surrounding areas also home to many NASCAR teams and drivers, one of which is Kevin Harvick, who loves both racing and golf. As Golf Channel's Todd Lewis will tell you, Harvick brought his passion of golf home, literally.
0: What was
7: the inspiration? Why The 12th hole in Augusta. Uh, I had this vision in my mind because I've been fortunate to have played at Augusta before to build number 12 right there. I said, we'll put synthetic turf in. It'll never have to be mowed and it'll be low maintenance and Keelan can come out here all the time and and we can can, uh, work on his golf games.
0: Do you ever come out here just to escape
7: everything that surrounds you and just hit balls? All the time. You know, there'll be days where I take Keelan to school and come back and you have four or five hours where it's just quiet and, you know, I can come out here and I can throw my phone on the ground and and just hit golf balls. And. Oh, go in. All right, give me the specs on the hole here. Let's see, this is 30 yards, 29 if you're going to go from the center. It depends on which tee you're going to. So it's about 30 yards from here and 50 from the back. So do you have azaleas back there? There are azaleas back there. They're just, just not blooming They're right not now. are not blooming right now. Yeah. All right, we, we don't have the, uh, the uh, super pumped up azaleas like they do at Augusta, so they don't bloom on demand.
1: How does a guy who lives in the fast lane literally, how does he get attracted to golf?
7: I think for for me it was so different than what I did on the weekends and it actually all started uh, probably about 2009, 2010. I was so frustrated with what I was doing at work and not having fun and and I was obviously miserable at home because they told me that I needed to find something to do during the week. So I went to play golf and and it was the opposite of of what I do on the weekends. It was quiet. There was nobody around. It was a great release for, for me to get away from racing. Kevin, you have your own management company and you have in your stable two well, fairly well-known golfers and Jason Gore and James Hahn. Why was it important to have them with you? Well, I met Jason in, in 2007 at the, at the Shell Houston Open and we were at a really just at a sponsor appearance and, and we became friends. And as time went on and, and he was around us and, and always participated in our foundation events and we followed Jason. and. Um, one thing led to another and, you know, we've, we've been a part of, of Jason's uh, on, on the golf side for the last couple years. After we got our feet on the ground and, and understood how the PGA worked and how the golfers wanted things, or how Jason wanted things, at, at that particular time we branched out to, to get James. Um, and for us it's been great because it makes us more diverse as a company. And when those sponsors can come in and choose from uh, the golf world or NASCAR or the UFC and move their sponsorship dollars around and do it all in one spot, it just makes us all more valuable as a a group of athletes. How passionate is Kevin about golf? He has a replica of hole 12 at Augusta in his backyard, you know, he's very passionate about golf. Why was it important for you to hitch your wagon, your brand wagon,
0: to Kevin Harvick?
5: Before signing with KHI Management, you know, I was doing my own thing and um, found out that it was very tough out there to really represent myself. So to align myself with Kevin Harvick, uh, you know, he's one of the top NASCAR drivers uh, in the business. And not only that, he has a lot of great relationships with a lot of sponsors. So it's definitely helped your career? Absolutely. It's definitely one of the best
7: decisions I ever made for my golfing career. You don't have to admit this if you don't want to, but when you're out at a race driving and it's four or five hours, are you thinking about your golf swing at all? Maybe during practice a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> my golf game is, is much like my, my driving um, profession. I call myself uh, a rhythm racer, and if I don't go play golf a lot and get out of rhythm, I'm dangerous.
2: Can you see
0: any parallels between golf and racing?
5: Uh, Yeah, you're always looking left. You know, for for NASCAR, you know, they're always turning left, and I'm always looking left, Um, except for Phil, I guess. Phil and Bubba, they're looking right. You have such a hectic life, but
0: when the time comes and you hang up the helmet, Mm -hmm. I think you'll be a better golfer
7: because you're going to play more? 100%. That, That is... Definitely one of my goals is to get better at golf, and right now it's, it's definitely something that I don't have enough time to do, but it's something that I really enjoy, and I can spend a, a lot of quality time with, with my son because he enjoys to go play golf, and that's really what golf is about, is relaxing and, and having a good time with your family and friends, and, and that's what we
6: utilize it for
3: james was there for that too yes. do you golf slugger
6: uh, i try to but i'm very terrible at it but it's a lot of fun <laughs>
3: yeah you should go over to kevin's house i guess well, I know. Like, yeah. Oh, what about but that? kevin
6: took credit for that i'm sure delana is going nuts right now because <laughs> she doesn't want keelan in motorsports and she wants him to be a yeah. golfer so i think she's probably losing her mind right now
2: taking credit for yeah, that Yeah, she had this yeah. tweet
3: so yeah she's pretty happy when the boys are out back yeah oh look at keelan Our well you heard you heard health.
2: what kevin said he, when he was having a bad time she said, yeah, Go, fi- go, go find it. something. You know yeah, what mean? Go course find I mean? Of was like, Yeah, we'll build that in the backyard. That's perfect. That's right.
3: <laughs> Our thanks to the Golf Channel, too. And as day one of play concludes at Quail Hollow here in Charlotte, North Carolina, tune into the Golf Channel for all the player highlights, news, and analysis of today's action. Live from the PGA Championship continues tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern only on the Golf Channel. Coming up, we will see how some of the Xfinity Series best met up with some kids for a tour at charlotte motor speedway it was all for a good cause created by one very special person Only four regular season races remain for drivers looking to get into the upcoming playoffs. First up, Michigan this Sunday, then the Bristol Night Race, followed by the Southern 500 at Darlington. The regular season wraps up on September 9th with a Saturday night race at Richmond Raceway. That's going to be good. Yesterday, Charlotte Motor Speedway teamed up with Comcast to host a track tour for kids attending Camp Luck. The camp was created by Wade Jackson, last year's winner of the Comcast Community Champion Award. The kids got to experience walking the 24 degrees of banking. Okay, running, running's good. (laughs) Plus, witness 13 second pit stops from the RCR crew. Welcome
6: to Charlotte Motor Speedway.
5: Cool to see the enthusiasm. If I can hear kids screaming, running around, having a good time, that's what it's all about. It's an amazing experience. But to, to have Wade Jackson, uh, who was last year's Comcast Community Champion, um, and and the, the starter of Camp Luck, you know, he works in our shop every every day. And I see him, and I hear. I've heard the stories, and and you really. Um, don't understand the, the gravity of what they're doing and, and, and doing to help out these kids, what these kids have been through, and to be able to come out here and experience something new and cool and, and, and so different, especially from this side of the fence, is just incredible. And, uh, you know, what they're doing is, is amazing in these kids' lives. So to be able to come out here and be this little bit small part of it is just, a, it's absolutely an incredible experience. Uh, and to be able to connect
8: with kids in NASCAR is an amazing uh, thing that Comcast and NASCAR and everybody's been putting on, uh, and to be able to do the activities today with the kids is, is fun for sure.
7: So what would you say of the
0: games, what would you say was your most outstanding moment?
8: <laughs> I don't know, the kids, the kids got me pretty good. I think uh, the load nut stacking was pretty fun.
0: Spend a lot of time with kids. I can remember being a, being from this
7: area, being a kid, doing this same kind of tour. So it's cool to be involved with Camp Luck uh, here today, and hopefully we can inspire
4: some kids.
3: Wade Jackson, so deserving yes. of that award because he's a fabricator at Junior Motorsports, started that camp. Camp Luck was his creation.
2: And, and that's the, the, the Comcast Community Champion. Comcast has done a mm-hmm. tremendous job of taking the Truck Series, the Xfinity yep. Series, the Cup guys, whether it be an owner, whether it be a parent, whether it be a crew member, and identifying those guys. We hear so much about the drivers and what drivers do, uh, but th- this is this was a tremendous program that Wade uh, came up with yep. uh, to encompass so many different kids, bring so many different kids to understand what racing is, what teamwork is. Uh, and giving these kids a chance to see something. So it was really pretty special. I think Mr. Hendrick was up in the suite looking for Jimmy Johnson's next
6: replacement. So <laughs> oh, yeah. He yeah, could be there. He is it right could there. be I'm right there, man. Old, yeah. We never know with Mr. Hendrick.
2: <laughs> with that age group he's been yeah, hiring in, working. they are there. Yeah, they, they are right. there. That's that's for sure. But they, <laughs> Comcast, I, I'll say it again Comcast has done a tremendous job uh, of, of promoting these guys, and so many worthy people have been nominated to Yeah, and years. we
3: can't wait to see who the 2017 yeah, award exciting. winner will be. Deal. So, coming up, some final thoughts about the upcoming week of racing at Michigan and Mid-Ohio. And a special shout-out to Dale Earnhardt Jr., Texas style. From Michigan begins tomorrow with Monster Energy Series practice at 11:30 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. The Xfinity Series takes on the road course at Mid Ohio 3 p.m. Eastern. Then on Sunday, it's Monster Energy Series racing from Michigan. Coverage begins with countdown to green at 2:30 Eastern. And track prep has certainly been a key storyline at Michigan. It has. You
6: know, the driver's console, they spoke up after the last race in June in Michigan and said they wanted more volume to work with. Yeah. So, you know, NASCAR and the racetrack went to work. I believe they started July 14th with the tire dragon, simply putting more rubber down into the third groove. So if they're running 215 miles an hour into the corner. They just want a little more options. You know what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs>
6: okay. I, I just want something if I'm going to go 215. <laughs> other than
2: that wall. Yeah, other than that wall. But that's you got to give a tip of the hat to, to Michigan for doing that. Kentucky, I think, did. It, but yes. they put it in the bottom groove and mm-hmm. the drivers complained about it. They went back out, they used it some more, they tried to, to expand it, but it was almost too late, too late for them. But it did help a little bit. Yeah. So I think everybody looked at that and said, okay, if we want to run out of track, let's use this tire sure. dragon. Let's come from the wall down and expand that groove because we know that where they're going to run That's right. uh, when they get there. It's a great innovation. We'll yes. see how it works. Yeah.
3: So at Michigan, too, I mean, we always talk the high speed. But when there's strategy involved in the sense of these guys that are still trying to get that win for the playoffs, it's what it sort of takes on this whole new level because you've got different agendas out there for different race teams. So what do you expect we're going to see at Michigan?
6: Well, the teams that handle good, have the most downforce and the most power will succeed. Yeah. I mean, that's Michigan right yeah. there. you got to handle down the straightaways. you got to handle in the corners.
2: Yeah, and it's it's a mixed bag, I think, some of it. Uh, just as he says, you've got to handle down those straightaways. That's yeah. one thing you've got to do at Michigan, which means you've got to have power. But we heard Joey Lagarde. LeGon- yesterday talk about how they had a 10th place car, 10th place was not going to do them any good. They gambled, it didn't work, they ended up 24th. That doesn't make any difference to them either because yeah. they need a W. They need that right. win to move forward. It's that group that's in there that can't really afford to gamble for a win but can't really afford to lose that's any right. points. That's the dead dead, yeah. zone right there. That's a tough Don't place really to be. Don't
3: really know what to do. Okay, so picks. I guess it's time. Do you guys have a pick for the winner this weekend? I do.
6: I, I think this kid's been hot. He's a rookie, Daniel Suarez. I think yeah. he is going to be the guy. Toyota seems to have the upper yes. hand right now. Uh, him and Scott Graves are
2: really doing good. I picked Dennis Warris. That's a great pick uh, because, obviously, he won his first finish race. I'm going with a teammate. I'm going with Matt Kenseth because okay. I think Matt is at that place where he has to win. This is his kind of racetrack, rolling free through the middle, and we've seen the Toyotas run.
3: All right, a rookie and a veteran. Do we have time for a little sign uh, for Dale Earnhardt Jr.? Yes. Yeah? What do we got? Well, this is Texas style. Oh, Big no. Haas putting up the giant 88. I guess you can see it for miles because yesterday they did this. It was 88 days till Dale Jr.'s last race at Texas. Uh, I know, that's all for NASCAR (laughs) America. We'll see you from Michigan this weekend.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble.